0: somebody ought to give God praise. Wow. I'm kind of excited about uh, this coming year. So many good things set in front of us. No telling what God's going to do in 2024. And so we're going to start it off, you know, this, uh, just as you saw in that video, uh, our our theme for January is going to be truth matters. Kind of a play on word because, you know, there's matters of truth but it really matters that we know the truth. And so uh, it's gonna be a tremendous time. And so to kick it off, uh, it's this Wednesday. So uh, the first service of the year will be this Wednesday, and we're calling it First Wednesday, of course. We have Josiah O'Neill from the organization Defining Truth that's gonna be ministering. And so I don't know, you you, you may not uh, make Wednesday night a normal worship night, but maybe on this first Wednesday of the year, you'd make your way to the house of the Lord and let's just kick it off right. What do you say? Just kick it off right. Hallelujah. And then of course, Saturday is that breakfast that you saw the video of uh, and Josiah will once again be with us at that time. We're gonna have a wonderful breakfast, nine o'clock this coming Saturday and uh, it's gonna be a really, really good time in the Lord. Also, just to bring it to the women's attention so they don't feel left out on January the 20th, is gonna be our first women's uh, event of the year, Girl E event, and, and guess who the guest speaker is gonna be? Not really a guest, but our own, Carrie is gonna be ministering the word. And so I know that's gonna be uh, a, a really, really, really special time in the Lord. You know, this is the last day, the last Sunday for sure, of the year 2023, and it's just the last opportunity for us to uh, give to the Lord this year. So if you're desiring to, uh, uh, you know, income tax-wise, whatever, you want to front load that, today's the day, and uh, as you give to the Lord. I don't know about you, but, but uh, I had a tremendous 2023. I loved the year. Others of you may have had a rough, rough year, difficult year, but it doesn't matter whether it was a good year or what we consider a bad year. Jesus is still Jesus, amen. We're still worshiping him, and so one of the great ways you can learn to worship the Lord is in the giving of your resources to him. Because I tell you what, as you give, he will give back, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I'm not sure how that's gonna happen, I just know that God's not a liar. What he says he'll do, he will do, amen. Well, how many got thundersticks this morning, anybody? Did you get it? Th- I saw the kids. There's one right over here, a, a young a young man that's wanting to enjoy the year. Because today is the last day of 2023. Man, how many of you thought you'd be here at 2023, going into 2024? I know I didn't. I mean, if you're born in 1949. <laughs> uh, You certainly could never envision that you'd still be kicking in 2024, but it looks like that's gonna be the case if God gives me another day, amen. And so I wanna minister a sermon this morning, a thought that kind of draw the year to a conclusion, and the thought is this, the last day, and then the sub-thought is let the celebration begin. And so when we think about that, and we think about the celebration that's gonna happen, all over the world tonight. As the last hours of the year tick away gradually, there will be celebrations that happen all over. Some of you will be going to parties, others of you will rather do it at home. Bonnie and I, we choose to watch New York uh, Times Square celebration because it's over at nine o'clock at night, amen. (laughs) And uh, we get that early celebration in. But um, uh, uh, the last day of 2023 and then the celebration begins. But I think when we think about that, that, that concept, literally it, it, it plays out in our lives over and over again. as the last day. Then there's the celebration. I think about the last day of school. I know when the last day of school for uh, winter before Christmas break happened, kids came out of school, they're celebrating, they're celebrating and and they're excited about it. And of course, it's on steroids when it's time for graduation. When all those years of going to school, all the way from kindergarten, all the way through the senior in high school, uh, the last day finally arrives and then the celebration happens. People gather to celebrate graduation. And um, I think the same thing happens um, with retirement. When you think about it, I mean, you know, it, it, what starts in the early 20s usually and all those years of work all the way through, all of a sudden 65 arrives. And when it arrives, then all of a sudden the celebration, retirement parties that, that are a part of that. And these, these celebrations, they come whether we're ready for them or not. If you notice that, sometimes we want the celebration, sometimes we really don't want it at all. Uh, uh, But but it's just so true that time just has a way of marching on. There's that famous quote, time waits for no man. And I think I've proven that out in my life. It just keeps coming around. I mean, I have to be honest. At some point, Jet, little baby Jet, and uh, uh, a little Summer, will be graduating from high school. I don't know whether I'll be here or not, but I do know that that, last, that day is gonna come. It, it, it just, it, it, time just marches on. And it seems uh, maybe unreal, but for a few moments this morning, I'd like to stop and think about this last day of 2023 because tonight, about midnight, the celebration will be on. But what really is the basis of the celebration? I mean, it's not about the end of the year, right? It's, it's why we say Happy New Year. It's not about what's happened, it's about the opportunity that's set in front of us for the new year. And so if it's graduation, for example, we're not celebrating all the years of hard work, we're celebrating the fact that there's a new opportunity that's waiting. Maybe it's to start a family or begin a career or move on to the, to a, a, a higher education. There's a, a celebration of what is in front of us. It's the same thing when you think about retirement because it's not about the years of work that were put in, it's, it's, it's a celebration of now, all of a sudden, we're gonna have time to do the things we've never had time to do before, and we're gonna be able to enjoy that. So as we face the end of 2023, let's celebrate the fact that we have opportunities that are set in front of us in the new year, amen. So think about that. For some of us here today, uh, that, would, what, that would talk about an exciting future that waits us. Uh, Maybe it's a a future that that you hope for within the family, that uh, this next year, God's going to do something great in the family. Maybe it's in your finances or in your career, whatever it would be, we look forward to the opportunities. And can I just tell you something? When we think about the opportunities that God gives us, we sang about it in the first song this morning, that there's no limit to what that could be. And so you and I should be thinking about, oh, the amazing opportunities that are in set in front of us because we all know the scripture in Jeremiah 29, God says, I know the plans that I have for you and their plans are for good and not for a disaster to give you a future and a hope. And so today, tonight rather, when this time ticks down and the celebration begins, we should be celebrating the opportunities for a a, a new year. After all, God's called us to be overcomers. So if 2023 was a tough year, guess what? We're overcoming in 2024. If, if, if it was a, 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 a time that we've got obstacles in front of us, well, we're more than conquerors through Christ. And so we look at that, we're called to be productive, we're called to be successful. And so I think each of us today in Christ should sit back and think, what is God got for me in the new year? You know, whenever we think about that, we realize that if we hope for something in the future, there should be some type of of planning, some sort of preparation that's put into that. I think about Jesus as he's sitting down and he's communicating to his disciples. He says, well, who goes to war? You're planning to win a war, but who goes to war without a strategy? without sitting down first and planning, how are we gonna accomplish this? And it's the same thing in our lives. As we look forward to the new year, we should be thinking about what's our part in that. What are we to do? John Wooden said it this way, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And that's I, I, something that I've always kept in my mind as we sit down and think about a new year, think about what we're heading into. I've got to make a plan for what's in front of us. And so really, when we think about res- resolutions, New Year's resolutions, how many of you have tried resolutions and seen them fail? I mean, I think this that's uh It's just the way it seems to go, but you know, New Year's resolutions are not something that we originated here in the United States. It actually started over 4,000 years ago in the Babylonian empire. And that was an agrarian society, a a culture that uh, relied on farming for eating. And so what they would do is their celebration would be at the end of winter When the last day of winter would come, they would plan a celebration and they would resolve that they were going to have a good new year. And so what would be a part of that? As they would sit down to celebrate, they would have to resolve some things in their minds and they must be thinking about, look, what we got to do next year. We're going to resolve to Uh, 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 plant uh, more acreage this year to have uh, a a better crop, or we're going to resolve this year to work out a new method of bringing in the harvest. There there would be something that would be planned or else that new year uh, uh, of farming would just come and go and there would be no real uh, fruit that would come forth from it. And so you and I, this is what we see happening today with so many New Year's resolutions. They end in failure because there's no real thought put into it. There's no real plan of how we are going to succeed. They've kind of generated over the years and rather than a determination, a resolve, that's what the word means, a resolve to do what's necessary to obtain what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. Instead, we think about superficial things like I'm going to lose weight in the new year. How many of you have tried that one? I mean, that, that's the resolve, but we, we, what do we count on? We're counting on our own uh, willpower. And that lasts until about lunchtime on the, the new year's when you feel, you see the tamales come out, you go, maybe we'll start tomorrow. There's no real. Resolve that's put to it. We might be thinking about, I'm going to quit smoking or drinking, and and right up until the first pressure comes, and 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 we're right back after it, because we cannot count on our own willpower to accomplish what God has put into our hearts. Our resolution should include a plan for a hoped-for future. So as 2023 draws to a close. Tonight, what will be the basis of your celebration? What plan do you have in place for a confident hope in the new year? I do think it wise for each of us to have some sort of thought through New Year's resolution. And that type of uh, resolution should be what was originally intended way back 4,000 years ago. Because what we need to do is to think about what to, if to be successful in whatever we are, are, are wanting to accomplish, we need God. Can I hear you say amen to that? And, and, and you have to understand that our tendency is to place our hope in something that we're wanting to see come to pass. But last week, Carrie challenged us to think about not hoping for things, but putting our hope in the appropriate place, trusting in the will of God for our lives. You remember how she said it, I am the Lord's servant, let it be unto me according to your will. Now, what a tremendous thought that we set ourselves before the Lord, And say, Lord, we're looking for you to empower us and help us into the new year. But I don't think she was talking about sitting back and doing nothing. Okay, Lord, if you want it to come to pass, you will. But rather us working on our relationship with God so that we know his will for our lives. This requires us to tap into the source of our strength. All right. Paul the Apostle wrote, he says, for the, I, the excellency of the power is, is not of ourselves, it's of God. He wrote in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, I take pleasure in my own personal weaknesses because for where I'm weak, actually God comes to the rescue and he is strong. And so this is how we fail and how the nation of Israel failed so often. They wanted God's help. They wanted to honor the Lord, but they only offered mindless, not thought through, repetitive sacrifices. They brought bulls and goats to the temple to sacrifice olive oil, and they brought their tithe to the house of God. But God responded to them in Isaiah chapter one, and he said, what makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of Fatted cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. Instead, he says, Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphans. Fight for the right of widows. What is saying is God saying, I want you to resolve for an action. That when you sit down and you think about the celebration tonight, we've got a a hope that we can draw close to the will of God, that God will help us to open our eyes to see what his plan is, and we can tap into that. As Paul spoke to the early believers and he told them, I'm not looking for external sacrifices. What I'm looking for, the sacrifice of your life in service of me. I have a few suggestions this morning for New Year's Eve resolutions that we can make for you to consider. Because as we approach the end of the year, a good place to start is with reflection. I think it's good for us to sit back and think about all the good things that happened. Pastor Adam talked about so many of the good things that happened. But I can tell you that we also sat down and thought about things that we didn't do quite so well. And I think that's important for all of us is to think not just about what we 've accomplished, what good we 've done, but to think about our own personal failures, our mistakes, the things that have gone wrong in our lives, and develop a plan how we can overcome that because this become, this this should be a resolution in our heart that we want to become more christ like and that we want to develop a a character, a moral character that that is strong. We want to learn to restrain our emotions, deal with anger issues, build stronger relationships in our home and our families, better our language, being careful of what we say and how we say it, develop a work ethic where we can learn to be prosperous, not sitting back and waiting for the blessings of God to come, but to be productive as God intended his people to be. So our focus has to be on God and his plan for us, not on a particular result, but a simple emphasis on a rich life with God. After all, the scriptures teach us seek ye first, the kingdom of God. And then what does it say? As we seek him, as we seek his will, all these other things will come back to us. It was Solomon that tapped into this. God asked him at a point in time in his life, if you remember, he was the son of the king. But as always happens, the day finally came where he was not the son of a king, he was sitting on the royal throne. And he was the king. There was a huge celebration that ensued because the last day before he became the king. And people were excited and shouting and celebrating. And God comes to him and asks him, what do you need? And of course, Solomon needed everything. A young man trying to fill the shoes of a mighty King David. He would have needed all sorts of things, but instead he cried out and he says, God, what I want is your wisdom to do your will. And when he made that declaration, God spoke back to him and he said, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and you've not asked for long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I'm gonna give you what you asked for. I'll give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one has ever had, but I will also give you what you did not ask for I'll give you the riches and the fame and the power that that I have in store for you. This is our need to humbly come before God and ask not for things to happen in our life, but for us to tap into his will for it. Because when we tap into his will, we'll find out that his plan is infinitely better than our plan, that what he has in store for us is way above what we can ask or think in our life. This is our need, not trying in our own willpower to do something for God, but rather making every effort to draw close to him uh, daily, getting into the word of God, tapping into a relationship with him, developing an attitude of prayer and tapping into his strength. Amen. God, it's interesting that as uh, Solomon learned that lesson, he spoke to us and tried to teach us. In Proverbs chapter two, beginning with verse number one, a scripture that I constantly pray in my life. Solomon speaks from the wisdom that he gained and he says, My child, Listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Turn your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek for them like a hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear God and you will gain knowledge of God for the Lord grants wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He's a shield to them who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just and fair, and you will find the right way to go. This is something that has been a constant prayer of mine. Asking God, Lord, I, 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 I don't know what you have in store for me but I know what I need I need wisdom I need understanding of your will your plan for my life and I search for it in my life so I'd like to make give you a hint that comes from God of simply how we can live in a successful way make a resolution at the end of this year to serve him simply put We just read it in Micah chapter six and verse number eight. We read it in our reading plan here recently. Oh, people, the Lord has told you what is good and what he requires of you to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I want you to just take a moment to look at that scripture because we have a way of making life pretty complicated serving God. All the things that we go through, just like the children of Israel, we can mindlessly come to church, we can mindlessly sing songs, but that's not what God wants from us. He simply puts it to us this way. He says, this is what I require. This is all there is. I want you to do what's right. I want you to love mercy. And I want you to walk humbly with me. You know, I want to look at these three things for just a moment before we close this morning. He says, I want you to do what's right. You know, God meant that to be pretty simple. It's just a simple statement do what's right. Today, everybody wants to confuse that simple statement. What's right? What's wrong? What's truth? What's not truth? That's why we're opening this year with that very thought of dealing with uh, 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 this subject, truth matters. See, the enemy tries to confuse us with what's right and what's wrong. And so we've gotta cut through the confusion of the world. Doing what's right is not up to individuals. It's not up to political parties. It's not up to a viewpoint that comes from somebody's agenda. Doing what's right is written for us in the word of God. And in order to do do right, we have to know what is right. We've gotta cut through what the world is saying. Jesus said, as he was leaving this earth, he sat down with his disciples in John 17, and he's began to speak to them and he says God sanctify my disciples by your truth that word sanctify means to set aside for his purposes set aside your people God for your purpose by your truth and then he spells it out your word is truth now today you and I have to understand If we want our resolutions to come to pass, if we want to succeed at life, we've got to commit to reading the word of God. How many of you finished the the yearly reading this morning? I did. I sat down and read about my wife. It was awesome. Proverbs 31 concluded our reading for the year. And there was so much. Pastor Adam referred to That in Revelation and the New Testament, we finished Malachi as he spoke about what he required from his people. But you have to know what's true in order to do what's true. And so we have to commit to read. We try to make that so simple for you with the reading plan. If you've a part of that plan, praise the Lord for that. But you know what you need to do is expand it this next year. Read the Word of God and spend a little time thinking about it. Maybe read it in a couple different translations and and just sit down and commit yourself to understanding deeply the Word of truth. If you read the Word of God daily, let me tell you something, that's not extreme, that's a basic part of Christianity. You see, God said that we need to daily, give me daily my Word. I've got to have your word in my life and in my heart because we can't do what's right without knowing what's right. And so once we know what the truth is, what we've got to do is form our life around what God says and not what everybody else says. See, when we find a discrepancy in the word of God, God says change. We can't keep doing the same things thinking it's all right. We've got to sit down and say, God says this, I'm doing that, I need to mold myself into the word of God. That should be a daily part of our lives. Transforming old habits, embracing true wisdom that comes from God and watch our resolution come to pass. The second thing he says is not just doing what's right but to love mercy. Now, that word mercy can be a little difficult for us to understand, but in the original Hebrew, the word for uh, uh, mercy is the plural of the word womb. In other words, a mother's womb. What he's doing is connecting mercy with a mother's naturally, what they naturally feel for their children. I mean, mothers give birth to a child and that child does everything wrong in the book. And what does the mother do? Freely forgives freely loves that child, regardless of right or wrong. And that's what God wants for you and I, that we love mercy, that we're we're looking out to those that are broken in the world, not to judge them, but to love them into the kingdom of God. For you and I to be able to forgive even those who have wronged us, done us wrong, to freely forgive them of that. For example, we know that God, the Father, He showed mercy to us, Uh, as, as his sons and daughters. When you think about that before Christ, how much wrong did we do? I mean, we broke every rule in the book. And yet, the Lord, while we were getting our sins, he loved us and forgave us freely by paying the price for our sins. Psalms 145 and eight, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. As we spend time with God, what happens is we begin to take on his characteristics and we find ourselves having a compassionate heart towards people. even those that wrong us as we studied on Wednesday night not long ago we're to owe no man anything except just to love them. Zachariah said it this way in the seventh chapter in the ninth verse this is what the Lord says judge fairly show mercy and kindness to one another do not oppress widows orphans foreigners and the poor take on the characteristics of God. And so he says, what's so simple, he says, just do what's right, love mercy. And then he says, the last thing is to walk humbly with your God. Can I say this? This is the goal of Christianity. That you and I would go nowhere without the presence of the Lord that we would not allow ourselves to find ourselves separated from God, thinking that he's not seeing what's going on in our lives and thinking that, oh, we don't have to worry about this. Friends, listen to me. We are to walk humbly with our God. Every step that we take, every encounter that we have, that you and I are directed by our relationship with God every negotiation, every time we encounter people that we realize we are walking with God, we're his representatives. In Colossians chapter two and verse number six, he says that as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk with him. That is our goal. That is What we're looking for is that you and I would recognize that everywhere we go, we carry with us the presence of the Lord. Everything that we say, every word that comes out of our mouth should be directed by the Lord. Notice that he doesn't just say walk with the Lord, he says walk humbly with the Lord. And I, I think that means that we should walk with the Lord, realizing that we're certainly far from a finished product. That each one of us are human. We have our failures and, I, and, our, and, our, and, our, and our habits and, and, and things that have, we've not yet placed under the authority of Christ. And we recognize that pride is natural, that we can carry a pride in ourselves thinking we're doing pretty good. But the truth of the matter is God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so you and I recognize we're in a constant battle over this in our lives. That as we walk with God. We walk in humility, bowing our knee to God. What God says, that's what we're supposed to do. And we've got to bend ourselves into that. And so the Bible says in Psalms 143 and 10, teach me to do your will. What a great prayer. Teach me, Lord, to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm firm, uh, footing. I can't tell you what a great resolution it would be if we prayed that prayer today. Teach me, Lord, about your will, because you're my God. And may your gracious spirit lead me forward so I have a firm foundation. And so he says to us, and may I suggest to you a great New Year's resolution. Do what's right. Love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. I think if we would just resolve to do this, we're gonna have a great 2024. Whatever it comes, whatever obstacles, whatever problems, whatever difficulties, whatever successes, whatever promotions, whatever celebrations, if we'll just simply concentrate on walking with our God, doing what's right, and loving mercy, I think we're gonna be just fine. And so when the last day of 2023 comes, or the last day of our life here on this earth, or the last day before Jesus comes back for his bride, we can say, let the celebration begin. Because that's what Paul wrote about when he said, I fought the good fight, I finished, the race, I've kept the faith, and now it's time for a party. For there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord is going to give me on that day, not only to me, but all who have loved his appearing. So as these last hours of 2023 come to a conclusion, I'm praying that you, in your spirit, would make a resolution. A resolution to do what's right. Got to know what's right to do what's right. That you would love mercy. That you would be so close to the Lord that you'd take on his characteristics and that you'd walk humbly with your God. We're going to receive communion tonight. It's actually, it's this morning. <laughs> it may look like tonight near, but it's actually morning. <laughs> and, uh, There are uh, little buckets that are around here. Uh, Those aren't to catch the rain that's falling, but those are to pass out the the communion supper. And I'd like you to take that, that package. In that package, on the bottom of it is a cracker that you have to peel off to get, and then there's also the cup. And I want you to just take that and hold that for just a moment and as we are passing this out, as this is going around, it's just a wonderful time for you to stop and, 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 and begin to contemplate, to think about this last year. Would you do that with me for a moment? Just, just, just take that and then let, let's, let's put our attention back on the Lord for a moment as they pass those out. How many of you can look back in 2023 and say, I didn't do everything perfectly? I would imagine that's every person in the room. But I want you to know we can sweep that under the rug or we can also look at it and say, God, I don't want to walk with you in 23, in 24 as I did in 23, I want it to be closer. And so I'm going to resolve, Lord, in my spirit, I'm going to resolve to spend time in your word, to bend my will to your will, to act upon your, your perfect will of reaching out to those that are hurting. And Lord, I'm going to walk with you everywhere that I go, humbly. And so the communion supper that you hold in your hand is really a celebration. Because when you stop and think about it, it's, it's a remembrance, Jesus said, of the last day before you found Jesus Christ. It's the old life and then a celebration of the new. And it's a celebration of the new because of what Jesus did for you, what he did for me. We know what that was, that he gave himself for us. I'd like to read an account of the communion supper out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And Paul writes, and he says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the night the Lord Jesus, uh, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And so maybe you'd peel that bottom layer off and you'd take hold of that small piece of unleavened bread. And you'd take a moment to recognize and realize that Jesus wants us in our body to be strong, healthy, prosperous, vessels of him, we're the body of Christ. And so we take this and we remember that our body is being sacrificed to the Lord because of his sacrifice for us. Thank you, Jesus. Take and eat. Thank you, Lord. Paul goes on to say that in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant. In my blood, this do, as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And then he says, makes a statement, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner or fashion will be guilty of the blood the body of the Lord. And so I'd take a moment just before we take and drink and you and I might recognize the last day of our sin, sinful life. The pain, the agony that, that we were in and the joy that flooded our soul when we gave our hearts to Christ. As you drink this, remember, in remembrance, his Sacrifice for our lives, take and drink. So, Father, we conclude this year, a year of many successes and a year of also some failures. But, Lord, we conclude this year with a celebration, not of what's been in the past but what you have in store for us. And today, make this your prayer. And today we resolve in our spirit, not to seek after things, but to seek after you, Lord. Wisdom, understanding. Father, we'll search for it in our lives. We'll learn what's right by reading your word. And we'll apply it to our lives, Father, to do it. We'll reach out to those that are hurting, Lord, remembering the mercy. We love it, Lord. And Father, we resolve to walk with you this year everywhere we go with you, humbly bowing our will to yours. And Father, as a servant of the Lord, let it be unto us according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Our God's a good God. Wouldn't you say that? Let's stand to our feet all over this auditorium. And I think we should conclude our worship service today with worship. To lift our hands. And we sang that song, It's All About You. Oh, I'd love to sing that again. And when we sing it this time, let's really let it come out of our heart, through our lips, and our mouth. Let's lift our voices and tell him, Jesus, 2024, it's all about you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Oh, yeah. Come on. Are you ready to sing to the Lord today? Oh, we're gonna sing now, sing it. it's all about you. Lift up your voice, sing it to the Lord. Come on. Yes, it's all. So- It's all this- Morning, together as the people of God, the people of Elevate Ministries, together, closing this out. As we close this out, it's all about Him. And tomorrow, as tomorrow morning begins, the first of the year, it's all about Him. We want to thank you for not only joining us today, but for everybody that's been a part here at Elevate Ministries in whatever capacity that might be throughout this year. We want to thank you. We love you. And we say it all the time, but it really is from the heart, from who we are here at Elevate Ministries, we love you. God bless you as you go from this place. We will see you next Wednesday, but next year on Wednesday. First Wednesday, don't forget about First Wednesday. God bless you as you go from this place. We love you, take care.